Abuse, rape, or trauma are things that happen to people who are victims at that very moment. Child or adult, there's nothing you could have done to prevent the atrocity. But when it's over, the healing must begin. It gets every day. You have inner beauty. You have inner worth and value. Framing your past as your past and leaving it there will help you to frame your future and lead you to the place where you belong with a woman's soul restored. Here's LaTanya Hendry. Hello, and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. This week, I have a very special guest that has an intriguing story. She is an awesome woman. She is a Janet of all trades, not a Jack. She is a poet. She is a former teacher of 20-plus years, and she is just an inspiration to everyone that's around her. She is family-orientated and just have a love for people in general. So my guest today is a Savannah native, and her name is Patricia Wiggins Plummer. And before she starts with her story, we're going to hear an original work from her that is unfinished, but she's going to read a few lines for us at this time. So, Patricia, welcome, and do your poem so that we could hear that talent that you have that you want to share with us today. Only visiting you, you promised to get my hair done because I needed to do, and now I love you, but I hate you. You took my childhood from me and said, that ain't you. When you were supposed to protect me, instead, you hurt me. I wanted to get free, but it was beyond me. I was only a child, so I cried, keeping my feelings inside. Who can I tell I am so ashamed, so I hide, saying to myself, why? Always holding my head down, my soul is lost in me. Proud of myself, I could never be. That is very powerful, and you're going to have to let us know when you're finished with that so we can hear the full version of it. That was very touching. Um, So that's coming from a place of being in a situation as a child. So we want you to tell us about your story. What is it that you want us to know? Before you do that, is it anything that I left out of your introduction that you would like to share today? No, ma'am, you did an awesome job telling my story. When I was young, I was nine, my mom died. Uh, She had a heart attack and a stroke. She had 13 children, and the last six of us were under the age of 16. So my sister, she was 25 at the time, she had to take care of my mom's last six children. When my mom died, that left me open to have to go different places that I've never been before. So my brother promised me that he would get my hair done. I went to the country, we call Savannah, Georgia, the country, and um, he promised that he would get my hair done. So I went, and instead of getting my hair done, I was open to being molested, you know, as a child. He tried to molest me every night. You know, he would come into there, and I didn't know who to tell or what to do. At that time, I felt lost and I felt bad, but, you know, Um, only thing that I felt that I could do was to protect myself. So one night I plotted to kill him, you know, Mm. cause I, that was the only thing I thought that would stop him from trying to hurt me. Wow. So like I said, I was nine at the time. 
I went in this kitchen and, and got a knife and I put it under the pillow where I slept. And I said, this night I'll kill him when he comes and mess with me. And I didn't think of nothing else, you know, jail, yeah, but I was nine and I only wanted him to stop. I didn't really want to kill him. I loved him, but what else could I do? So as I began to pray to God, you know, for an answer to help me, and I kind of felt like God kind of left me open because when my mom was alive, I had never experienced that. So it was anger at God at first and, and, and fear and um, almost like, he just left me out there by myself, you know. So when I prayed, the moment I prayed, after I finished praying and I said, God, if you love me, you will help me because I don't want to kill my brother. Mm -hmm. um, it was a knock at the door and it was my cousin. Mm -hmm. She lived in Savannah, but she said she was going to Savannah. She said, Trish, I didn't know you was here. She said, you want to ride with me? And I started crying and I told her, yeah. And so she asked my brother, could I go with her? So he was like, no, 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 she can't go. I'm supposed to get her hair done. And so I said, no, I want to go. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay, because I was scared to tell her. Yeah. I didn't know what else to do. But I felt that's when I started learning who God was, that he did hear prayers. Mm -hmm. And he opened up a door for me to get out of that situation. You know, so years down the line, you know, maybe a year or so, after I got out of that situation, I never went to see my brother again. He mm -hmm. would come to Savannah and see us, but I never really told anybody, right. you know. Um, but then my sister that took care of us, she had a boyfriend, mm -hmm. and he was no different. You know, he would try to mess with me. He would try to do little things like stick his tongue in my ear and, and act like he talking to me. And, and I was scared because, right. you know, I was a child. I, I didn't think that grown people should be doing that to kids. Mm -hmm. exactly. You know, they were there to protect me, but they were actually trying to hurt me. So I used to hide when he, when I know it was time for him to come home from work. So one day I was in the closet hiding as usual, but this day of all days, he never did it before. He uh, opened the closet door to put his jacket up and he found me mm. and I, and I wet my clothes, you know, because I was so scared. And a lot of, a lot of that took my childhood away because I did a lot of hiding, you know, um, during that time. But I thank God because I prayed and I asked God to, to help me in that situation. Not that I prayed for something evil to happen to him, but I prayed and just one day they couldn't find him. He didn't come home and they were looking for him. And then my sister, she called the hospitals because I didn't tell her what happened. So right. she was still in love with him. So she was looking, she was worried, she was crying. And happened so he fell off of a roof and fell onto a, a, a gate and he got paralyzed from the waist down. Oh, and wow. so he was not able to hurt me anymore. But as I was growing up, you know, I started forming a habit. I, I couldn't tell nobody and I kept all these feelings bottled up inside. I would pray, but sometimes, you know, if the answer didn't come mm -hmm. as fast as I expected to do, I tried to figure a way, something that I can do to appease myself. So, you know, when things were happening in my life, I started cutting myself, you know, and at the age of 10, I started cutting myself because the pain that I was dealing with in my head was so great. So I had to put it on the outside of me to take the attention away from my head. Right. So I, I formed the habit of self-mutilation. I would cut myself all the time. And it had got so bad to things, even little problems. 
my mind will just think, cut yourself. It'll make you feel better. Mm -hmm. It'll take your mind off of the hurt that you're feeling inside. Because I didn't know how to really problem solve. And at that time, I really wasn't resilient. Right. I, I Over the years, I've learned how to be resilient through going to church, through praying, through asking God for guidance mm -hmm. and help, through great pastors that taught me how to be a woman, what I need to yes. do, how to love myself. So, you know, I went back and forth and I struggled a lot, but God is so great to me. He's mm -hmm. been the author and the finisher of my faith. He's always stepped in and showed up. And um, a lot of times I wasn't patient, but with me, still learning how to become a Christian, mm -hmm. you know, I still fell short of the knowledge that I needed to upkeep my soul. Right. You know, I still cut myself I, for, from the age of 10 to about 25. I cut myself really 27 years old. You know, mm -hmm. I cut myself when I couldn't succeed in school. Yeah. I, I would cut myself if somebody fussed at me. I was very timid as a child. I was very quiet, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I would just cut myself. It got so bad. So I was like cutting myself every day, you know, and I would bandage my arm up and, you know, just I didn't want to really kill myself. But I felt maybe if I kill myself, somebody would give me attention, but I wouldn't get the attention because I'd be dead then, right. you know. So, right. you know, I just wanted to hurt where I can, you know, get some relief. And, you know, I just wanted that love and belonging, you know. Um, that I didn't get as a child. So through the years, I've, I've learned and I've prayed and I've asked God for guidance. I even got from being molested as a child, I started forming a habit of running the streets, trying to sleep with men, mm -hmm. you know, to get that love that I, I, I long for as a child. Mm -hmm. yes. I've been raped. I've been molested. I've been beaten up. I've been choked. It was so many things that was done to me because of the, the love and belonging I lacked and the attention that I seeked. I just seeked it in the wrong mm -hmm. way. Instead of seeking it through God, I looked for it in man. Right. And, 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 and even when those situations didn't go so right, I would cut myself, you know, mm -hmm. um, and because I was mad at myself for going to men. You know, getting on the chat line, I had to find somebody to talk to because I just wanted somebody to love me for who I was. Right. I didn't even know who I was at the time. Exactly. You know, I was still trying to develop myself. I was still trying to see what Patricia was about, what she was able to do, you know, what she liked and, and, and didn't like. I was never, you know, I never had an image of what I wanted for myself. Right. I would always ask if I would dress a certain way, how does this look on me? You mm -hmm. know, um, what you think about this? I never had an idealistic self of who Patricia wanted to be, who she wanted to look like. Right. I always seeked it from other people. And so even with that, I, I formed low self-esteem throughout the years. But by the grace of God and through prayer, God has given me the victory. He has come to my rescue every time you know um he has brought me out of compromising situations situations that i put myself in yes. he's brought me yes. out of yes. and you know i know that god is a healer i know that he's a deliverer even in my health at one point when i was younger i would cut myself i had different types of illnesses i've been in the hospital about four times you know um as a child, I, I, I just didn't know what was going on with mm -hmm. me. So even with my health, because I didn't understand it, the doctors didn't know what was wrong. You know, I seeked 
self mutilation. You know, mm-hmm. now I don't do it anymore. I'm 40, 44. And God has brought me a long way from yes. 27 to 44. I no longer cut myself. You know, it was a struggle because that was an everyday thing. It became like a drug addiction almost or like, you know, mm-hmm. um, something that I, I had to do, yes. you know. And I, I, I would say evil thoughts, the devil, you know, mm-hmm. um, just those bad thoughts. No care of yourself. And, right. you know, when nobody else cared, just cut yourself. And it was like a go-to thing just to cut yourself, you know. And now I understand as an adult that those thoughts were of the devil, Mm -hmm. you know, just to get rid of me as a person because of the great things that I'm supposed to do in life. God has blessed me to teach. I taught for over 20 years. You know, I've been a counselor for kids, uh, a minister, you know, to be able to be a role, play a good role in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I I love family. I'm family oriented and I just love people in general and I'll do the best I can for any and everybody. And my final thought is just to believe in God and know that God is able to keep you from falling. You know, he'll always be there for you. You just have to believe. Awesome. Awesome. So I got a question. Um, during those years when you said that, you know, you experienced other things, um, being beat up and, and run, going to other men, do you think that was linked to what happened to you almost being molested by your brother and your sister's boyfriend at ages 9 and 10? Do you think all that is linked together? Yes, I I, I do because... I always seek approval mm-hmm. from people, even when they were doing that. I didn't want to tell them no because I was so shame and afraid. Mm. And and when I did finally get molested by someone, not my brother or my sister boyfriend, right. but an older person, mm-hmm. you know, it it kind of made me yearn for uh, premeditated. You know, pre I, I didn't premeditate it. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of wanted to seek for that, you know, that, that, that feeling good, even though I knew it was wrong, you know, I wanted the love. And once I found out that sex is an ephemeral feeling Mm -hmm. of love, Mm -hmm. it's not true love. It just make us feel good at Mm -hmm. that time, make us feel like we getting love. So I kind of seek that. And I think, you know, because at an early age that I've experienced that it kind of made me run to different men, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of opened me up when I shouldn't have experienced a lot of things. It made me kind of run to that, you know, because, Hey, you know, it's, I want to be loved too. Right. You know, so I I think it did, you know, it it had a lot to do with it because if I would have went through childhood normally, Mm -hmm. I think I would have been much better for us, you know, not running out there to sleep right. with all the different right. men and stuff right. because, you know, I felt like I was no good. Mm-hmm. So why not? You know, you know, they de- they destroyed me as a child. Yeah. So I felt like, why not do it? I'm destroyed. I don't feel that I'm destroyed now. I right. know that I'm not destroyed right. Right. because, you know, God don't destroy us. God will not uh, mm-hmm. never allow anybody to destroy us. Yes. You know, so I I, I know that now you know, those thoughts are wrong. But as as I grow older, I, I kind of understand 
the direction the devil was taking me mm -hmm. to get me off a of course. Mm -hmm. And now that I can talk to people and I can be an example and tell people what happened from the rapes and the, the men that I seek and they're being beat up, you know, I can be an example of, I can tell somebody my story yeah. and, and knowing that they can see, okay, you know, I'm not the only one going through this, exactly. you know, other people going through this people, we just have to be open to say mm -hmm. what happened to us as a child. So yeah, I feel like it was a direct hit from what I experienced as a child mm -hmm. and actually from trying to be molested to being molested. Mm -hmm. And also with my mom dying, the the love that a mother gets is almost irreplaceable. My sister did her best of showing us the love, but I still lack something from a mother. Right. You know, and that love that the mother get, you know, a lot of people that, that sex feelings feel so much like love. Mm -hmm. Somebody just hugging you and, and on you and just, you know. They want to be there with you, mm -hmm. and and it's a lot of that. That also not only just the molestation, but the losing my mother at a young yes. age. I tend to turn to that for love, to sex and stuff for love. Right. So, from my understanding, you don't have any natural kids. You didn't give birth to any kids. No, I don't have any natural kids, but, but I you... show. I have a lot of spiritual kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of my nieces and nephews that I've actually raised. You know, a lot of just different people kids in general yes. that I've looked out for that actually lived with me and I fed them and, and saw them off to college and, and different things like that, you know. Yeah. So what I wanted to know was in your experience since you had those events happen to you as a young you were basically a, a child. Were you overprotective of the kids that were in your care? I was very overprotected. I had a situation um when my 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 dad was my dad was my dad died when i was 25 years old and he left his last two baby girls which are actually my half sisters um and their mom died when they was um 12 and 13 so i took custody of my last two sisters and it was a situation where my brother the same brother that tried to molest me as a child the one that i plotted to kill you know he was in the hospital you know, he had uh, bleeding, you know, he had a blood clot and he was bleeding real bad, um, you know, and he was in the hospital. So my family is very close knit. So they was uh, trying to find somebody to do, we call them watch sessions. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody is there all the time, no matter who you are. If you're in the hospital, you have a sibling or a cousin or something all the time on watch duty to yeah. make sure that the doctors and all do everything that they're supposed to do by right. you or if you they needed something that you was right there for them so you know my brother was in there the same one that molested me and I was taking custody of my sisters it was the fact everybody had to work and so my other brother asked me could my sisters you know go and help my brother and I told him no you know they didn't understand as the years went on they finally found out what happened to me but my, my family didn't understand. They thought I was still holding grudges against him. But I didn't hold grudges because I was right there with him. But I was so protective of them. Right. Because even he was in the bed and couldn't do nothing to them. I did not want any chance mm -hmm. of him trying to do right. anything from him. Right. I didn't trust it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I kind of like 
held close to them because I didn't want them to experience what I experienced. Yeah. So I did not let them go. I had a lot of issues with other people, with relatives. They didn't understand that, but I, that was something that I thought I needed to do. Yes. You know, and I kind of protect them. I didn't let them go spend a night with no one. Mm-hmm. I didn't um, do, we didn't do no whole bunch of visits with other guys coming to stay with us. We right. didn't do that because I didn't want them to endure what I went through. And I know a lot of times when you're kids, you don't tell it, exactly. you know, and I didn't want them to feel the way I felt as a child. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with what you've experienced in life, would you say that when you started cutting at such a young age, you didn't do it intently? It wasn't intense, so it wasn't noticeable? Like, could somebody look at you or look at your arms and saw that you were... Sometimes people noticed it, and they asked me what happened, because I would, like, bandage it up mm-hmm. or wear long sleeves or whatever. And if they noticed it, I was like, oh, no, I, I, got, I fell and I got cut, or, right. you know, I would lie or make up a story of what happened. But only one time when um, I was at the hospital, I went, mm-hmm. um, I, like I said earlier, I, I was ill, you know, sometimes. And I went to the doctor's one time, and she saw all the slashes on my arm. And she was like, mm. she closed the door, and she was like, um, are you okay? And I was like, yes, ma'am, I'm okay, because I didn't know what she was talking about. Right. And she was like, no, I'm talking about all the cuts on your arm. And I was like, oh, oh, they're old, you know. And she was like, uh, okay, did you get help for it? And I was like, yeah. She was like, what kind of help did you get? I was like, well, you know, I got counseling from my pastor or whatever, you know. And um, so she said, okay, you sure you're okay? And I told her I was sure I was okay. I wasn't quite okay then because I still. In the process of yeah, I was in the process of, of trying to get okay with it, you know, right. trying to get healing from it, you okay. know. And shortly after that, things kind of worked out in my favor. I stopped. I, I started praying more, started seeking, started reading more and asking God for his guidance. And after a while, I wasn't cutting anymore. Awesome. Awesome. So as we begin to wrap up, something that's fascinating is that the pain that you felt inside, you wanted to reflect that outwardly. So mm-hmm. that's why you did what you did to that. That's why you cut your arms. Was the arms the only place? Was that just instinct to go to the arms? It was instinct to go to the arms. It was a go-to place. You know, I I, I used to uh, also bang my head against the wall to start bleeding, you know. Um, But the banging kind of hurt. I didn't have a lot of tolerance for the banging of the head, Mm -hmm. you know. But the cutting, when I saw the blood come out, it, it just did something to me. It was like I was accomplishing something, okay. you know. So once the blood come out and I would take care of it and, and baby my wounds, mm-hmm. you know, I felt better within myself, you okay. know. And I wasn't thinking about everything that was going on in my head, you know. Right. I had the wound to worry about now, you know. So um, it was my arms was my go-to place. More, more, more of my um, my left arm than my right, but both of them, mm-hmm. you know, I mutilated both of them. Uh, okay, your story is so intriguing, um, and I'm just gonna say this: this is my younger sister. Uh, we were not raised together, but we found well, she found me um, in her teenage years, and I was in my twenties. So some of the stuff I'm hearing is new information, and 
you know, as a big sister, you don't want to hear of your siblings going through any type of pain. So I'm sitting here trying to restrain myself from not getting emotional because she's fine telling her story, but her big sister is here literally about to cry as I listen to her story. But to see the strength that you have endured to where God has brought you from is is refreshing to know that you were healed from such a low place and brought to where you are now and steadily growing. So it has been amazing holding this um, interview session with you. I'm glad you agreed to do it. Amen. And we did it impromptu. So she didn't have anything written down. It was just, I didn't give her any questions beforehand. It was just, we sitting here having a conversation as sisters um, and just so happy it's being recorded. So do you have any final words that you want to share um, today with our listeners? Only thing that I would have to share that I did not share earlier that we have to wait on the Lord and be of a good courage mm-hmm. and he will strengthen our heart. Yes. If we pray and believe in that, he will always come through. Mm-hmm. Many a affliction of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us out of them all. Yes. You know, it's always a way of escape. We should never think that it's not a way of escape. That's right. We don't have to cut ourselves. We don't have to put ourselves out there. We don't have to do nothing to ourselves. You know, um, God always will give us an answer. We just have to look and seek for it. Yes. We have a job to do also. We just can't say, God, you know, we have a responsibility That's right. also, That's you know. Right. So I just want everyone to be encouraged and know that God will show up and show out. Awesome. Awesome. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you that may be having a similar issue, I just want to reach out for you know, a little more in-depth of what you went through. I want to know more about your story. How can they get in touch with you on social media or however you, you know, email or, you know, share how they can reach out to you? I have an email address at P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-W-I-G-G-I-N-S-6-0 at yahoo.com. Patricia Wiggins 60 at yahoo.com. My Facebook name is also Patricia Wiggins Plumber on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. So please reach out to her if you heard her story and are struggling with that type of issue. Or She's a very friendly person, so if you reach out to her with particularly anything, she's very knowledgeable. She's that type of person that would help you. You could also reach out to me by email at a woman's soul restored at gmail.com. Also on Facebook with the same page, A Woman's Soul Restored. So this is Latanya Hendry once again. Please be blessed and tune in next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>